Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. So I wasn't shocked to see the headline here, only because cereal I've always known to be so ridiculously expensive in the stores. But the headline on a newser was, are we nearing the end of breakfast cereal and Uh, if you are at that point let us know yeah because it seems to go beyond logic right because you'd figure if cereal were still that popular or if if it were starting to decline which is the case that they're making in popularity that the price would be coming down it absolutely is not i saw a box of cereal nine bucks yesterday when i was at when i was at the grocery store that wow okay there's a reason why i haven't had cornflakes in a while why is that why is cereal so expensive what don't I understand about why that thing costs so much? It would seem to have to be grain prices, right? I, I now I say that having not looked to see where grain prices are historically mm-hmm. and where they are now, but I mean, since that's w- most of what makes up cereal, even the you know the garbage sugary cereal that we tell people not to eat, that uh, the, you know it's still unbalanced. It's going to be driven by corn prices, wheat prices, etc. And I just don't know where they are right now. So here's what they say about this. Um, yes, higher prices are driving down sales, but in a, in a pretty big way. Um, let's see. Kellogg, Post Holdings, and General Mills, the top players in the cereal industry, uh, have seen declining sales in recent years and expect the trend to continue. Other than a bump in sales in 2020, which was pandemic year and <laughs> nothing really counts that year because right. nothing, was, nothing was normal, sales have been on a downward trajectory falling 8.7% in 2021 and 3.9% last year. So a few things that they attribute this to, one of the things they say is that fewer Americans are eating breakfast. So you're just buying fewer breakfast things. And I wonder what's behind that. They also say in the eighties and nineties, we ate a lot of cereal because at the time, the idea was carbs, go carbs over high protein. Now it's the flip. Now we're, now we push low carb, high protein and word about the high sugar content in cereal has gotten out. So we avoid it because of that. Um, which would also explain why in 2020, we didn't pay any attention to it because at that point it was like, give me what I want now. (laughs) The the world is falling apart. I want comfort food. So yeah, that, that seems to track with that. Um, I, I, when they say the end of breakfast cereal, I, I think it's probably a long way off, but declining sales are interesting, especially in light of somebody just texted in and said grain and commodities are way, way down in price right now. So you would expect, okay, if, if what they're making it out of is down in price mm-hmm. and there's less demand for it, why are the prices so high on the shelf? Again, this is where I, this is where I don't get it. Um, because even the generic brands 
are a lot and you're not getting a lot of volume for that. Yeah. A lot of that's air. I mean, in that bag, (laughs) you're not getting a lot of volume for what you pay. One of the things that they have said is as these major companies look at like, do we just start to scale back on what we're offering? They said one way you can do it is to rebrand it as a dessert or as more of a snack instead of making it breakfast. Yeah, that's it's kind of funny they say that because my wife is not unknown to from time to time. I mean, if, if she's not real hungry, if her stomach isn't feeling well or whatever, she'll mix cereal like Kashi or whatever with mm-hmm. yogurt. And that's dinner. Yeah, granola. Similar idea for yeah. me. I'll, I'll take just granola and put it with yogurt and a little bit of honey and now and we're good. That said, uh, she also just sent me an ad. This is from Amazon uh, for the family size chocolate peanut butter Cheerios. Wow, that sounds amazing. Wow. Uh, and it's four dollars and sixty eight cents. So it's going to depend on where you buy it. I mean, if you're looking at Target, the price is going to be a little higher than it is at the grocery store. If you're looking at the grocery store, you're probably going to be able to be able to better deal that online. Colin, you again breaking the trend here. What do you do every day? I not every day. I have cereal most days. What's your favorite? What kind of cereal? Captain Crunch. Captain Crunch. With the berries. <laughs> oh, Crunch favorite. Berries, really? Yes, Crunch I'm, Berries. I yes. am a I'm a peanut butter crunch guy. Okay. Uh, fair. You, now I I will from time to time I have been known to go the Crunch Berry route. They are high quality. Now, do you have you ever had the Oops All Berries? That's too much berry. I, I'm with you. That's like getting the Gordettos chips or whatever those are and just getting the the flaky, the brown one. You know what I'm talking about? What are those called? The, the little Melba toast. Yes, uh-huh. yes. It's like getting one of those bags. It's right. like, no, 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 no. You got to have you need balance the here. You need the variety with it. Yeah, I wouldn't go all berry. That's too much berry. Okay, I'm with you. I'm a little surprised that you eat cereal every morning because you're kind of a healthy guy. And this has a lot of sugar in it. Don't say that, no. And so you are. I mean, you're, you know, you're taking care of yourself and you've lost weight and <laughs> coaching football okay. and all that. Is this like something's got to give somewhere? Can't be yeah, good all I the time. I mean, and it's it's kind of just part of a budget. I just like having something that's easy, I think. Whatever's most, and I've said it before, I just like efficiency. And it's, you know, bowl, cereal, milk, boom, done. Yeah. Easy. I can get going. I can get moving in the mornings because I'm at the high school most mornings. And then I got to bust over here, and then I bust back over to the high school after this. Like, right when the show's done, I, I hop mm-hmm. out and leave. So, I mean, whatever gets me out the door and gets me moving fast is kind of what I – I mean, I eat a lot of bagels, a lot of eggs. Like protein uh, bar, I would like think, that. for you. Yeah, I mean, if that's kind of my I'd lunch. I exist on protein that's bars. That's more of my lunch type stuff. I like having some variety, but, yeah, that's – it's just quick and easy, and that's, you know, I can just om nom nom yes. real quick. Somebody on the text line brought up a really good point, and I was kind of thinking about this as well, that they focused on Kellogg's Post and what was the other one? General Mills. General the, Mills. The, mm-hmm. the big three of cereal production. And they didn't pay any attention to the discounters, where if you want to see if the trend is really holding true or if it's just a temporary thing because prices are high, that's where you go is you go to the discount cereal. Uh, what's, the, what's the one in the bag? Malto meal? That, that's like sure. the big yeah it's, they they instead of selling it in a box they sell it in a big bag and you buy in bulk so it's a little bit cheaper that way um yeah go to them and find out if they're seeing the same kind of decline in demand because my thought would be if it's all about price people are leaving general mills and kellogg's and post and going to malta meal and the other discounters yeah um i i find this interesting because i'm a texture girl and i don't eat cereal because I can't eat it fast enough with the milk in it to to get over the texture of it. Uh But a couple of you said on the text line, and we'll get to your calls here in a sec, is that you don't like traditional breakfast foods for breakfast. 
And I've always been that way. I mean, as a kid, I ate spaghetti for breakfast. So it just never, and my dad was diabetic, so we didn't have sugary stuff in the house. So I was just never exposed to it as a kid. Well, yeah, and you don't necessarily have to eat breakfast cereal for breakfast either. I mean, somebody also pointed out, as long as there are stoners in this world, cereal will have a market. Yeah, you're, you're mm-hmm. not kidding. Uh, <laughs> you, you may have known all of the people I ever went to college with. So, yeah, I, I'm, it's not the best thing for you. And, I mean, you look at what we sacrifice for it. Eating a bowl of peanut butter crunch is like eating a bowl of razor blades. I mean, it will cut your mouth to ribbons, and yet we sacrifice just for that. Nine one three five eight six seven seven nine eight. Alex has called us up out of KC. Alex, hi guys. So uh, you know when you're walking through the grocery store with your child, and the child says, "I want that," and you take them down to the bag supply store, you know that's just down the aisle mm-hmm. where you you can get bulk, you know, marshmallows and everything. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, what I thought was really kind of funny was that you guys have been talking about the downsizing of the quantity of food that's in those boxes. Right-sizing, they call it, yeah. It's so scary. But that's not the only thing that's... uh, Oh, and then the thing that I think is most important is they've cut out the best toys. You used to be able to buy a nice, expensive box of cereal and get a good toy. Because that's what we always did back in the 70s. We, were, we, we didn't care about the cereal. We wanted the toy. What was, in, in, with, in, in your mind, what was the best toy to getting your breakfast cereal? Because uh, I'm with you on that. I, you know, um, they would send, they, they would be erasers and stuff. But the one that I think is the best is the Frito Bandito. <laughs> <laughs> You gotta love the bandito. Thank you very much for the call, Alex. It's to my mind. Uh, we used to get these every so often. You would find the uh, the box of cereal that had the little plastic submarine in it, and you would put um, was it baking soda inside the little receptacle inside it, and then put it in the sink, and it would make bubbles, and it would go down and come back up. That was the best kids' toy in cereal ever. Are there still toys like Colin? Are there toys in the box that you get? No, I get the adult version of my Captain Crunch. Yes, uh, no, there there are no toys. I did. <laughs> this is funny. I uh, I did, however, when I ate my cereal Here it comes. Uh, over the weekend. I did take some time to do the little crossword on the back of the box. I was going to ask about the uh, maze. You, you yeah, got I, the crossword. I, I, I yeah. did the maze. Um, there was a little bit of a word search and some some searching around. So I mean, I, I did. I was able to occupy my time. Yes. Somebody on the hotline said, or on the text line rather, said Hot Wheels. You got Hot Wheels in your cereal? That's awesome. How did I miss out on that deal? Best toy I ever saw, being the Star Wars fan that I am, is they would give you little plastic spoons Uh that were translucent. And then in the box, they would give you the little lightsaber piece. You hook them together, and then the mystery was the color that you were going to get. So when you turn it on, the spoon becomes the color of... Of the lightsaber. Oh, that's cool. Great. Who had a color-changing spoon? Do you remember like what the cereal text line was? just said? Yeah, the, Colin, do you remember what cereal had that? Was that also Captain Crunch? I have no idea. No idea? I okay. grew up a Frosted Flakes guy, but as I've gotten older, that's just too much sugar. I can't I can't do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I, I'm with you. I, I feel the same way about, uh, was it shredded wheat? Like the spoon-sized shredded wheat? I, yeah. I can do that and put a little sugar on them. 
But if you get the ones that already have the sugar on them, like the, the frosted mini wheats, yeah. oh man. Well, I tried to drink a Sunny D the other day. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> oh my, I couldn't, I couldn't finish it. Um, there was too, it was too sweet, and there was too much sugar. I couldn't do it. We used to live on Pez. Okay. And and those things, I mean, I don't know what we were thinking. I don't know what it was that changed, but I'm telling you, Pez are hideous. They are awful. And and I I mean, we used to eat them by the just you know by the handful. We wouldn't even put them in the little Pez dispenser. We just open up the little you know the little foil thing that they came in and just chow down. <laughs> Going many circles here. Nine one three five eight six seven seven nine eight. Um, but I am curious if anybody has stopped buying cereal because of the cost. Curious to know if that's if that's driving it all. Yeah. Did it just get too, too expensive? All right, we'll take a break. Coming up next, we have talked about having food deserts and food insecurity. A major city is looking at municipally owned grocery stores. We'll get to that coming up here on KMBZ. So, if private grocery stores won't open in certain areas for whatever the reason is, and you have food deserts and food insecurity, what is the answer? City of Chicago says, we'll do it. We'll open a municipally owned grocery store. We'll team up with an outside organization to be able to do it. And we will just open and run these grocery stores instead. Sounds like a great idea until... Mm-hmm. And I, what I'm waiting to hear as a result of this story is, and and I mean, it's not as though there's not a call for it, right? I mean, grocery yeah. prices are the the one place where we're all affected, and and it's it's the one thing that we see every week. We see the grocery bill every week, and when it goes from 100 bucks to 150, all of a sudden that's going to make a massive difference in our budget for the month. So okay. The city comes in and says, all right, we're going to have our own municipally run, probably nonprofit or close to it grocery store so that the profit margin is taken out of it. It's going to allow us to serve the public and, and bring them groceries for a lower price. What do the grocery stores think about that? And where does the money come from? Mm-hmm. There's going to be a gap between what you are going to charge people because there's food insecurity and what you are going to pay. You are not, you are choosing to give up some of that profit margin that grocery stores get so that you can serve the people that need it. Where's that money coming from? Yeah, because you're not going to be able to give it away. I mean, right. th- th- we already have th- we already have food pantries and things like that. And no, by the way, I'm not saying, so the problem's solved. <laughs> you know, we have food pantry. No, but, but those, the idea of a giveaway is not what we're talking about here. They're talking about going into business. And even though they're not necessarily in business to earn a profit, I mean, they would sell stuff to people and they would still get the money back for it. You're right. It's going to take a lot of startup costs and things like that. But, you know, where the grocery stores wouldn't really have a leg to stand on, if they're going to complain about this and say, why is the city of Chicago competing with me, Mm -hmm. Aldi or IGA or, you know, whoever, um, then the city would look back at them and say, but you're not in this neighborhood. You left here right, and left this food desert here. All we're doing is stepping in and filling the gap. Yes. Um, and usually a lot of, sometimes the reason that they leave is crime. It's just not, yeah. they, they just don't want to be there for that. <laughs> so hopefully they'll say, they'll remember that, that that's the reason they didn't want to be there. Now how a municipally owned grocery store doesn't have that problem if a privately run one does i don't know i don't know what you do to prevent theft and our city of chicago police officers then because they already work for the city 
they're just working somewhere else then going to be at the grocery store. Yeah. Where do you get the employees to stock the place and, and make sure that it's managed correctly and all of this? Um, and what they said was exactly that. I mean, the city said all Chicagoans deserve to live near convenient, affordable, health, healthy grocery options. OK, th that's according to the mayor. This is one way to get that done. Is it going to be an effective way? Because if we can assume, again, that the city isn't going to be in this to make a profit because that wouldn't look great. Right. Then what are you going to do about the fact that you're going to have every store in the world has shoplifting? All of them. Yeah. So if you're running an even closer margin than the big grocery chains run, how are you going to make up for the gap? in things like shoplifting, especially if you're in an area where that happens more than it does in other places. And then if you're going to run a few grocery stores, why not just run them all? Yeah. I mean, why not just start to open up in every neighborhood then? And I, I don't know, um, I don't know where I'm going with the question, but should the city be in the business of running grocery stores? And I ask, is there any model for that? Um, Oh, like roads, like what stuff do we, does the city say, usually it goes the other way. Usually the city decides to bring in a private company to do a thing that the city used to do. Yep. It rarely ever goes the other way where you have the city coming in and saying, there's a demand for this that has to be met. We'll just do it. I can't think of a precedent that's been set that way. No. And even in the early days, I mean, you mentioned roads and sidewalks and things like that. Um, there was a great deal of debate when the automakers first started, you know, really cranking out when Ford started really cranking out cars. Um, and they said, okay, should this be up to the tire companies? Should the tire companies be the ones that lay the roads down since they're the ones that are going to be responsible for selling tires? Mm -hmm. um, and without roads, they're not going to sell any tires. We decided not to do that. So, yeah, you're right. I can't think of another example where it's gone the other way from a private business into the public sphere because there just wasn't anybody filling that need. I mean, groceries are a need for the community. But yeah. what we've seen more often, more and more often over time, is that when the grocery stores move out, your option is Dollar General. Right. And we've talked about that, about the food not being healthy and then Dollar General owns the market. And as we talked about last week, they're been accused of fraud 913-586-7798 we have this problem here we have food deserts we've had grocery stores close what do you think about the city coming in to take that over 913-586-7798 get your comments on this next here on KMBZ worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole well good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are they find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line they are milk expiration date detectives they bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are so let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. 
You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We'll get to your calls here in a sec. Uh, the mayor of Chicago, Brandon Johnson, came out late last week and announced a partnership with the Economic Security Project to develop what will be city-owned grocery stores. Um, they're going to do one to start off with, but they said historic disinvestment has led to inequitable access to food retail across the city. And they've got a bunch of figures in there about um, food deserts and food insecurity. Is this the answer to that? We'll go to the phones, and it looks like we have uh, Doug and Olathe up first wants to say a word or two about this. Hey, Doug. Hi, folks. Hey, one, just one thought I wanted to add on, and that is we're making the assumption, and, and it was alluded to earlier, the net margins in the grocery industry is 2 to 3%, which means for every dollar of revenue, it's there. It's going to cost them 97 98 cents just to provide that. So any margin that's going to occur is going to come at the expense of the taxpayer. If the municipalities get into the business, which they don't have any economies of scale or knowledge of being able to operate, they're just going to end up costing the taxpayer a lot more. A grocery store that has a profit margin, whether it be a Walmart or any other retailer, does it because there's a return on that investment. And, and again, if you had these gross margins that are 25 to 30 percent, that's one thing. But the net that's in the pocket is only 2 to 3 percent. So that's my thoughts. All right. Uh, valid. But I mean, I, I think to say, well, government doesn't know anything. It, you know, they do. Um, and they, they're going to have a, a decent idea of what they're getting into. But the, the question is, is it going to gain anything? Is it going to solve the problem of having these places where people who largely don't have access to transportation and don't have all the money in the world to be able to go across town and shop somewhere else? have a place that they can walk to and walk home with groceries where it isn't going to put an undue burden on the taxpayers who won't benefit from it. And I just ask, what does the city know about preventing shoplifting in stores that private grocery stores don't? What what answer do they have to that that nobody else has figured out yet? We'll go back to it and head to Michael and Livingworth up next. Hi, Michael. Hi, thank you for taking my call. Um, I was um, mentioning to the call screener that uh, uh, there is a precedent for it with the military using commissaries and exchanges uh, for their own members. Uh, I mean, basically, they are you know operated as, as more or less um, semi-profit organization. Uh, any profits go to the you know military personnel, uh, morale, welfare, and recreation programs. So there is kind of a precedent. But, uh, they are, you know, the military's had, you know, over 100 years to get all that figured out, whereas, you know, I don't think the city of Chicago has that kind of expertise. And like the previous caller mentioned, you know, economy of scale is going to be, uh, you know, a, a problem with uh, creating, you know, affordable price points for, you know, populations that are, you know, probably pretty cash-strapped in the first place. Yep. Uh, so how well does that situation work? I mean, are base exchanges and PXs and things like that, are, are they not profitable, but do they break even? Uh, they try to, most of the time. They try I mean, to. I worked, the, yeah, <laughs> okay. I worked at the PX at Fort Leavenworth for a while in management, and 
I mean, you know, the the goal and, you know, uh, the goal is to, you know, make a profit uh, to return to, uh, you know, morale MWR programs. And, you know, it is a money-making enterprise. The commissaries do have some government, you know, some uh, government subsidies to help offset the cost of food. Uh, but the PXs are, you know, required to uh, at least break even, if not make a, you know, reasonable profit uh, to fund those uh, programs. Okay. Um, and so, you know, but, you know, when you're talking about the military, you are talking about, you know, people that, you know, number one, they, you know, are generally employed. Uh, you know, they are, you know, are for the most part, you know, decent and the level of shot and the, you know, shot lifting is, uh pretty minimal. I mean, basically the uh, loss prevention uh, there, I mean, I once saw a daughter of a lieutenant colonel get busted for walking around with a drink refill in the wrong, you know, outside of the food court. So, I mean, they're pretty strict on there, and I'm not sure that that, uh, the city of Chicago could have those types of measures in place. Okay. But but I have a question about that. If then why are grocery stores closing in areas where they have more shoplifting and crime? Because if you said they're pretty good at preventing it. Because, because shareholders want more than what the grocery stores can provide. I mean, my mother just uh, wrapped up 40 years uh, with, you know, with a grocery store. And I spent four years working in that same grocery store and management. I mean, basically, you know, it's like if the, if it's not just is it breaking even, is it breaking even plus giving the shareholders a you know return on that their investment, mm-hmm. and if stores aren't making enough money, you know, then basically they'll close they'll close them because it's not worth it for them. If it's a municipal organization, you know, then basically they may be able to tolerate smaller margins and you know basically hoping that they do break even. They yeah they they have they have a different motivation. Exactly. Okay. All and right. So. Yeah, just like a co-op. So, Michael, yeah, thank you. I'm glad you left it on that note because that's something, Jamie, that came up on the text line a little while ago is the the food co-op in KCK. Now, mm-hmm. that's not run by the city. Right. It was to uh, to my knowledge, it was set up by the city, but it's run by the people who shop there. That you buy effectively, you buy that's a, a membership. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's an interesting way to go, too, is to set it up that way. Because in that case, you're as as a member of the community, you're invested in the co-op succeeding, right? Huh. All right. Nine one three five eight six seven seven nine eight. Topeka. Next, talk to Matt. Hey, Matt. Hey, Matt. Yeah. Hey, I think this is a horrible idea by Chicago government. So okay. I think the first thing that they should look at doing is reducing or eliminating all sales tax for the food. Well, uh, does Illinois does Illinois have sales tax on unprepared food? I don't think they do. Well, I just looked at it. I think they have one percent. So let's start with eliminating that one percent. Okay. All right. Fair enough. So, and uh, anything the government that gets involved with running like this is a catastrophe, and basically, uh, taxpayers end up being more liable for more misfortunes than we have to. So I don't think this is a good idea, and I hope they don't pursue this any further is that just why because you don't like government is, that's why you no, think it's a horrible I, I, idea I like government I like, I like i like small government i don't think government needs to get into but, i mean you started grocery stores right but, but you started by saying this is a horrible idea is that the only reason why is, is that the only yeah. reason why because you just don't want government involved yes yeah that's a, yes okay that is 100%. okay 100 all right yep 
Thanks for the call, Matt. Thanks, Matt. And thanks for just being honest about it. Um, so the problem is that you and they lay this. There's a very lengthy news release that goes with this announcement and they lay out all the reasons why. Like, they don't really want to. It, it's not their first choice for the city to open these. They'd rather private businesses do it. But they lay out all the reasons that, all the things that come up when you have um, food insecurity. Grocery stores serve as anchors in communities by employing community members and acting as cat as a catalyst for businesses for nearby commercial activity. Um, residents then, if they don't have grocery stores, have to leave their neighborhoods and spend more money outside of their communities to find good, healthy food. There's a big jobs aspect to that, too. So there, there are reasons for the city to do it. Mm -hmm. um, well, yeah, and, and so far, I mean, outside of the co-op idea, nobody's coming up with a better plan. We still right. have a problem that needs to be fixed. And if you're the mayor of Chicago, you, you say things like, well, gee, the city really doesn't have any interest in getting into that business at your own peril. Because the people that you're telling you live in a food desert, and you're going to have to deal with it, vote. And I think the problem is apathy. It's just other people just don't care because you live near grocery stores. Sure, yeah, and I got a grocery store. You don't care about the people that don't. Exactly. Yeah, I got a grocery store a mile from me. You know, what do yeah. I care if they start a co-op? It, it, it makes no difference to me personally, but it makes a difference because you know the people generally don't see it as a as as a snowball effect. Where, mm -hmm. you know, you start with something like that um, and you say, okay, we've got crime in the neighborhood, so the grocery stores are going to go away. Now you've got people who are not criminals, we're not shoplifting, we're going to the grocery store who can't anymore. And now you're forcing them in an e into an even worse situation when they're already presumably in poverty. You're making them spend more money to get to get the very food they need to eat. Yeah, the argument that's coming in a little bit, too, is if you want to prevent crime in those stores, the neighborhood needs to come together to, you know, to invest more and, and prevent that. And I ask, what is the 80 year old woman? You know, who just needs to well, go get her groceries once a week. How can she prevent crime in that store? Yeah, but you know what? I mean, even that is a red herring, and, it, and it's false on the basis of it. You know, some guy that doesn't live all that far away from me tried to kill his family and burn his house down over the weekend. You know, what am I supposed to do to prevent that? And yet people are more than willing to say, you should care about the crime in your own neighborhood as they shake their fingers at somebody they've never met before and decide they know everything they need to know about that guy's situation. I like this text, and you said it better than I did. Lack of access to good food leads to poor educational outcomes. This is why schools offer breakfast, which itself leads to more crime. Yeah. This issue affects all of us. Yeah, you're absolutely correct. Well said. Yeah, so. and, and too often, you know, people are willing to... And, and the assumption is that everybody that lives in that neighborhood is stealing. Right, right. You live in the neighborhood where there is crime, therefore you are contributing to the crime. Yeah, therefore you're a criminal. Yeah, ni right. nice, nice. If you have thoughts here, 913-586-7798. Still to come this hour, we have a list of what millennial women are looking for in men. Get to that coming up here on KMBZ. A few more minutes to spend here on the conversation about what do you do with the food deserts, uh, particularly in areas where the operators of big grocery stores don't want to be there. And particularly in the areas where you've got people who are poor enough that they really don't have any options. Uh, Stephen is in Olathe and joins us up next. Hey, Stephen. Hey, thanks for taking my call. You know, my thoughts are going towards, uh, you know, out here we have the uh, tax increment financing, which just tells me that a corporation is benefited with uh, tax dollars or, or whatnot. They're, they're benefited in one way or another to build these uh, 
these buildings and then make windfall profits in those areas. And, you know, I, I think that my thoughts are going towards maybe they should benefit the companies who will uh, benefit their low-income neighborhoods also. And the other thing that I'm thinking is there's people out there called community leaders, and they're, self, they're self-expressed as community leaders. I'm a leader of the community because I'm either a politician, an elected official, or, you know, um, a maybe a, a, a church, um, head of a church. And I think that those folks also need to be held responsible in failures when their community is not being led correctly. Okay, uh, but there's a lot there. Um, but you're right. I mean, the, the the TIF idea is an interesting one. And Stephen, thanks. I, I think the what the problem you run into is something like that when you talk about giving somebody tax breaks to go into a poor neighborhood. Is that there are two things that don't exist much in poor neighborhoods: money and votes. Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. and I said before the you know the, those the people who are affected by this do vote, but yeah. unfortunately they don't, don't tend to vote in numbers uh, that that will make a difference to politicians. So when it comes to tiffs, uh, you're almost always going to see that in places where there's a little bit more money. Yeah. All right. Thanks to everybody uh, for getting here. We'll move on. But again, that was Chicago that was going to start doing it. Yep. Okay. New York Post is where we get this next story for the next few minutes here. Millennial women are talking about who make the best husbands. And they're being very emphatic with one word in particular that they say, this is who we're going after. Nerds. <laughs> they're going after nerds, apparently. Uh, I mean, to the degree that the, the woman who put up this TikTok video where she explained all of this and why nerds are the new go-to for millennial women for husband material, uh, singled out two items that, that were an automatic green light or green flag, she says. One of them is, does he own a lightsaber? The other one is, does he own a Harry Potter-type uh, magic wand? Those are the only two. <laughs> They're not the only two under a nerd, because that's. <laughs> I think we can broaden our our definition here just a little bit. Possibly, possibly, but I, I, you know, I think she was bringing those up as examples of things that, uh, you know, would, would be the automatic in. Um, she said the the she listed the top three most telling traits that uh, a guy is. Oh, I just lost it. Um, that a guy is, I think she called him an anti-jock. Um, yeah. It was was the term. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, she said, yeah, the lightsaber, automatic green flag. She went on to say, the, the, uh, has he purchased a wizarding wand from the world of Harry Potter? Greenest possible flag. And if he has an unhealthy obses- uh, obsession with Ashoka Tano, uh, you better run to the altar. I'm not even sure who that is. Yeah, I don't even know what you just said. So <laughs> I wouldn't even know. To, I didn't know that that was English. Uh, so apparently, Ashoka Tanu is a Star Wars character. Uh, yeah, a Star Wars character from the, <laughs> an outcast from the Jedi Order. Of course, you would know that. Colin, what do you is it? What do you have on your bedroom wall, or at least did at one point? Well, they did fall. Uh, not one, but two lightsabers <laughs> that used to hang on my wall, and then I come home. No, I wasn't even coming home. It woke me up at like midnight because they fall off the wall and they crash and it was a whole, whole issue. Did you use the force to put them back up? Couldn't, I mean, come no, on, dude. Not that strong. 
<laughs> uh, well, you, you didn't know you were a chick magnet, did you? I mean, we all knew, but you had no <laughs> I idea. I mean, look at me. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm saying. Uh, okay. So, yeah, I, I mean, is there any truth to this at all that this is the new millennial go-to is the nerd? Well, so what what are we really talking about? She's making jokes about the lightsaber and the Star Wars and, and the stuff like that. Text lines saying nerds tend to make money. Yeah. Um, I, I kind of wonder about personality like there and I'm I'm going to put words in their mouths. Feel free to add to this. My impression is that the nerd versus the, the jock. I mean, if that's what we're talking about here, the jock is the one that's overconfident. Yeah. Ego, maybe materialistic, maybe vain and narcissistic. And the nerd is a little one that's a little more disarming and a, and a little more charming and not quite as just a little more honest and authentic and yeah. themselves. Well, yeah, I, I, boy, I wish I could remember what it was. Jen and I were watching something over the weekend and, uh, and it was an older woman who was counseling a younger woman who was having relationship problems on this show. Mm -hmm. And she said, look, I get it. You know, bad boys are fun right up until they're not anymore. Right. And that's kind of, yeah, that, that's got a lot to do with that whole idea of the nerd versus the jock is that the nerd isn't going to get to the point where he's bored with you or you're bored with him and he turns into a jerk. Like he's going to know what he has. Yeah, right. He, he's not going to take for granted what he has found and he's not going to. And, and I don't like how this is going to sound because nerds can be cute. I mean, this isn't to say that they're not good looking. Sure. But there's just something about um, they don't, have the women falling all over them all the time. And so they're, they're going to value what they have. That was pretty much for More. the entire run of the TV show, The Big Bang Theory. That was mm -hmm. the running joke is that, yeah, n none of these guys has ever talked to a woman before. One of the characters, in fact, couldn't unless he was drunk. Mm -hmm. That was, you know, that, that's how the show went. So, yeah, that's always the, the ideal. But I think what it really comes down to is what she's saying without saying it is, it's a way to find somebody who will truly appreciate you. And I think that can, that can be reciprocal in a relationship. Yeah. You, you know, that, that's the ideal is you want somebody who will appreciate you as much as you appreciate them. There is a uh, Houston-based couple online, Scott and Divine, who have amassed over 52 million views for their imbalanced appeal. <laughs> <laughs> so nerd and, going out with a hot girl is what we're talking exactly. about yeah 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 like you wonder like how did he get her that's that's what we're talking about is and i wonder if in any way does the does it work both ways does the appeal work both ways i don't know what the nerd tends to be a word that we use for men I don't know what the female equivalent of that is, yeah. if there is one. Well, yeah, there really isn't, uh, at least not that I know of. But um, but yeah, the the idea is also that you have somebody, if you're talking about a nerd, you're generally talking about somebody who is socially awkward. Yeah. And, and isn't going to be a whole lot of fun at parties. You know, somebody right. who won't have that, that the banter, you know, the mm -hmm. game. Um, how is he going to run game if he doesn't know what game is? Right. But he's kind of charming and there is something relatable about someone who's socially awkward yeah because a lot we most of us feel that way a little bit and if you own that that's that is appealing <laughs> the text the top text right now really underscores what we're talking about here it says nerds just need a woman's touch for hair clothing etc then they'll have the whole package yeah that that's the idea is that the nerd is the guy he may be the sweetest guy in the world and he may you know have great income potential and all of the rest of it but his hair and his clothes and everything else is is a bit lacking 
Yeah, I think if you're um, men, if I, I, it's an appealing word to use. If you're on dating profiles and stuff like that, throw that word in. Yeah. And a woman will immediately think um, you're not intimidating. It's disarming. Sure. Yeah. Disarming is the word. You're safe. Safe maybe is the right word, which is why they're talking about this is who you marry. <laughs> This is this is the guy you marry. So. Yeah. yeah, it's funny. I've, I've read an article about this about 10 years ago, running along the same lines, and they were making the case that, you know, it wasn't uh, like Tom Cruise that women were looking for. It was Ray Romano yeah. <laughs> when, when Everybody yeah. Loves Raymond was on TV. You know, it's like, it's that guy. He's safe. Exactly, exactly. Okay, we'll take a break here. Uh, coming up, we'll totally switch gears. We have to talk about this children's pastor in Shawnee and all the trouble this guy might be into. We'll get into that next year on KMBZ. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.